Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody. Welcome to episode 304 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined, as always, by Lehigh Valley's finest, Willie Saylor, repping the 610, where he now lives. Got the wrestling nomad, Kyle Brackney, to my left and right, respectively. On this day, a big Thursday, and it's been kind of a low um, output of news in the wrestling world the last couple of weeks, really. You know, we had Fargo... And now, this week, it's getting spicy. You got Schultz a couple days ago, and yesterday, the atom bomb drops of <laughs> Daniel Kirkfleet. Basic, I guess you could say, I don't know if the word decommit is the right word, but op- reopens his commitment or his recruiting process up. Uh, and, man, the, the schools <clears throat> involved and just the caliber of his, ath- of, of his potential – just a huge story in, in, in wrestling right now. Well, you know, you follow – it doesn't often happen in, in wrestling or not to the degree it does in football. But, look, when, when a guy decommits from a school or reopens his recruiting and then he puts the school he committed to on the list, they never they – do, they do that as like Oklahoma State, you did me, you did me good – appreciate you, I love you, I'm going to keep you, I'm going to still say I'm in consideration. But they, they, they never go to that school. No. Right, right. No. so um, while, while Kirkfleet Kirk says he's still considering Oklahoma State, and I'm sure that uh, Oklahoma State is doing everything they can um, to say, hey, listen, we're the place for you, we're gonna, we, can, we can make you reach all your goals. Um, um, it, it just it never turns out that way. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, in my opinion, he's he's going to Penn State. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it, it may be a done deal or close to it, as close as it gets. Um, I would be stunned to see him go to any of those other schools mentioned. Um, and, I, you know, Nomad, you talked to the family. I, w- I was surprised that that you even got a list so maybe it's a little more open than I realize but to me this is this is Penn State and you know coming out so I guess it was the same day as Schultz committed we kind of got word that hey Kirk this he's not going to go to Oklahoma State he's reopened this this thing up and it may be a done deal for Penn State and then more word comes out he's like yeah so they go everyone's at the OTC right Everyone's there, so everyone's talking, everyone's seeing what's going on, and everyone noticed Kirkfleet and Kale. They trained several days together, drilled together, and I think people, I, I think the writing was on the wall then, and I, 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 I think it's smart for the Kirkfleets not to do any sort of announcement or any sort of thing up till signing day done deal. The kids, um, 
you know, he committed to Minnesota initially, and things changed. He he got big and Gable, right? Obviously, you don't go to Minnesota. And then I, I don't know the steps that brought him to committing to Oklahoma State, but perhaps he didn't. It, it seemed pretty quick from the time he – and I don't remember the exact timeline, but from the time he decommitted from Minnesota, it wasn't too much longer. And it was he, the same day. Right. So th- okay. th- that was one of the things I wanted to, to get into, the, the difference between, like, reopening and – decommitting because to me like definition wise decommitting means basically that day or within a little bit you are then committing somewhere else right bracket commits to west virginia decommits a month later goes to ohio whatever right reopening we see as willie was saying a lot more in football where it's um, maybe your verbal becomes a soft verbal and it's hey you know we're still going to take our officials we're still going to um, you know, take in home visits. We're still going to talk to yeah, coaches but, and weigh yeah. our options. Yeah, but no, like, there's there's definitely cases. Just because, just because you're reopening does not mean you're not decommitting. Like, Abasad's not going at Army, right? No, uh, no I know, but he could say Abasad can say he's re. So that's a decommitment. That's for sure a decommitment. Yeah, and. I mean, you can get caught up in the language of it. It's, it, do, it doesn't right. make it doesn't make much difference in, to the reality that Daniel's probably not going to Oklahoma State. Um, you know, unfortunately for Oklahoma State, and you know, it it, it raises other questions, right? Um, and we we've talked about this multiple times on the show, but I think it bears discussion again. The notion of of recruiting over guys that are are committed, so. Um, or not over guys. What I mean, what I mean is, okay, Kirk Fleet is committed to Oklahoma State. I don't care. I'm going to continue to recruit him until he is signed. Right. Well, no, you're too. You're right. There's two angles there: Re- recruiting over somebody and recruiting committed guys. Yeah. So we step one, I think, is um, recruiting a committed guy. So there are factions in college wrestling, among college wrestling coaches, that feel it is not the right thing to do that you should not recruit a kid that has committed. They believe that is the wrong thing to do, um, almost like it's a, a dishonest act. I know, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but Coleman Scott feels very strongly in that that's not something he's going to do. Coleman Scott believes he should not, that it would not be right for him or anyone in his program to recruit someone that has verbal somewhere else. He just thinks that is, that is um, no, you don't do that, right? Whereas... Obviously, many other coaches in not just wrestling, but just in college athletics in general, they they have no issue continuing to recruit. And I I I kind of see it a little differently from 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 Coleman in that I don't think you compromise your morals necessarily or your ethics by recruiting a kid that's that has committed somewhere. Um, though I can certainly see how you know you are getting. You're asking a kid to change a commitment he made, so almost you're contributing to that kid's quote dishonesty. But I just I just don't view it that way. I just don't view I don't view recruiting that, that what way. If, what if the kid made a commitment because it was the first school that showed him love? He liked his visit there. He was 15, um, and now this is a better option for him. Um, exactly. I don't I don't have a problem with people uh, recruiting recruiting kids that are committed. Um, and I don't feel like they should feel like they have bad morals because they're doing it. It's part of the landscape of college athletics. <laughs> Here's another thing. I honest, 
They... I honestly don't either. I mean, th- there's a date. There's a date, a signing date, right? And and that signing day is before their senior season starts. So let's just call it what it is. Everything up until that day is uh, is solid, not 100% accurate, right? So let's let's use that day as a cutoff day. Until then, if I'm any coach, I'm hustling. I'm you know who you know who doesn't want. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna win recruits, if you're gonna try to win, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do in any sports? You're trying to win. You play to win the game, right? Hello. Hello. So you try to recruit and you try to get the best athletes you can. Uh, and anything else is just whining. Yeah. Here And here's the other thing. I mean, there's so many instances where, where I think it makes sense. One, let, let's everyone looks at it from the kid's perspective. Think about what these schools can do. Okay, cool. You verbaled to me. That means nothing. You are guaranteed abs- not a dime. You're not guaranteed a book. They can change that offer on you. Why should I say, okay, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Iowa. Iowa does Iowa has books for me, or I could go to, you know, Virginia Tech. Not to, yeah, Virginia Tech, and they have a full for me. I I'm not a bad person because I I verbal yeah. to Iowa and I'm not wait. Hold on, you guys aren't offering me anything. I was just back, well, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Just backing in that, Christian. The 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 way the rules are currently set up, we still don't know for another five days what these kids can. And I mean, we're not gonna know. But um, August first is the first time they can talk the financial side of it, like legally and formally. Like, okay, here it is. Here's your sixty. Here's your fifty. Here's whatever. Right. So until. August 1st, and then, you know, Willie was saying the sign day, between August 1st and November 14th is when actual money can be talked about. Yeah, and and to me, you know, the word business comes to mind, and, and maybe we don't want to think of college athletics as, as a business, but the NCAA certainly has made it so, That's right? That's what it is. Uh, it, it is, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with a coach leaving. Okay, I got a five-year deal here at School X. School Y is going to pay me more, Chris Bono, um, and it's a more prestigious job. Chris Bono's not unethical because he left South Dakota State. Right. Okay? You, you're going to a better situation. If It takes two to tango, right? There, there's, options on the kids, there's options on the kids' table, and there's options on the coaches' table, and nothing's done until you sign on the dotted line. Um, both sides have to play it smart. I mean, look, uh, Luis Fernandez – Luis Fernandez just um, decommitted from Cornell, uh, decommitted from Virginia Tech, and went to Cornell. Right? I mean, and is, he I, an unethi- is he an unethical unethi- kid? I mean, is I mean, Virginia Tech could be complaining. I mean, I, you know, it's not done. Just keep hustling. To me, uh, it was a point I made a couple of years ago that I still believe there there isn't much in it for the kid to verbal early. Sure, it, it, it's it's all. I mean, really, you give up some negotiating leverage when you verbal early because you've, you've shown your hand in that way. So, I, hey, I'm not saying that these kids should or, you know, if it was my son in this situation, it, it's very hypothetical that he would be this good. But um, if he was, 
we're, I don't see the value in deciding at 15, 16, 17 because you don't you don't know how much you're going to change as a wrestler. What if your stock goes way up? What if, you know, you're just kind of a middle-of-the-road guy and you win Super 32 in Ironman the next year? And then the caliber of schools and the caliber of financial offer is going to change. But I've already committed to go to school X as a sophomore because I went to camp there and liked their coaches. Why well, You're young and naive, so you should be able to change change your mind there just like coaches change their mind about kids they change their mind about kids they cool on kids all the time change offers stop stop recruiting them so what's the difference that's absolutely right i mean you know you have a you got a verbal from a kid that was a two-time super 32 champ as a freshman as a sophomore a sophomore and a junior and then he starts falling off. Yeah, what know? was the California he, kid? He, he takes loss here. He takes loss there. He takes loss there. Okay, now, now it's August of his senior year. He was just feed on before. Now he's now he's still good, but he's like, eh. And he committed to you, but now you're ready to talk an offer, and, and now you say, yeah, I'll give you twenty five percent. Well, think. I mean. Not, you can do that. The this is can a, do that. There's a very real example of this. Uh, you think about Saavedra. Saavedra was going to be a four-time California state champion. Uh, uh, you know, he was two for two. He looked great. It, everything changed with that kid as, as, as a prospect. And can you imagine? I'm sure schools were all over him after his sophomore year. He looked like the truth, right? And then, man, he, it, it's, he basically did not get better. He kind of regressed, which which happens, right? He's still an amazing wrestler, but went up about four weight classes. Th- he went. He got a lot bigger. Yeah. Just things didn't things didn't work out, and you can't sink a bunch of money into that because things change. Um, so that's I, th- I think we're all kind of in in agreement here. Although I hey I'm I'm open to having my mind changed uh, certainly, and you know I, I'd love to have Coleman actually on the show to talk about it, maybe explain. His perspective it was just text but because I, I, I I'm not trying to say his perspective is not invalid well, I, I think I, it, I think it's very virtuous of Coleman feel, yeah I do too and I feel his frustration in the sense that um, dude these these coaches hustle hustle and they try to get commitments and and they get them and then they think it should be laissez-faire, right? They should. There's a gentleman's agreement, right? I got him. I worked hard. I got the kid to commit. He committed. Everybody else, hands off. And that's the way it should be. I just, I just don't think that's the reality. I don't think that can possibly be the reality in the world that we live in. That's hyper competitive, and it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I just thought of something. Um... Do any coaches use kids as moles? Meaning, oh boy, oh I love it. I love meaning, it, just let them go. Meaning, okay, you verbal tuss, right? I, I verbal to to the fighting brackies. All right, yes. And I'm I'm all in, Five right? Like twenty five pounder got him locked up. Like there's no way, there's no way I'm changing, right? Mm-hmm. But Let's CP, go. Let's go. CP's, you know, he's still texting me. He's, hey, you know. Come over Buffalo Gap, right? You we're gonna we're gun. gonna win some stuff Buffalo Gap, and I'm like, Coach, like I have no interest in CP. Da da da. But Bracky goes, see what they're offering, see what they're planning, see what they're entertaining you, and then I feed information back to Bracky, mm. which Bracky can then use, choose to use against CP. 
Operation Fallen Bison. Is there any like craziness like that happening? I'm sure that, that would be wild. I'm sure that there is. Um, I think. I mean, it's probably Putin. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's probably Putin. I this happens in football and basketball all the time, and no one bats an eye because recruiting in those sports have has been a huge deal for years, and I think. Uh, we are giving recruiting the attention it deserves because it shapes college teams for, you know, the next five years and changes the college wrestling landscape. And so I think the wrestling world is getting maybe their first exposure to big-time recruiting Mm -hmm. and the ebbs and flows of it. And uh, I think it's just going to take maybe the wrestling world a little bit to get used to kids changing their mind and getting better offers. So So here's the other side of the coin. Um, that we, we alluded to briefly. I think we've made our points about recruiting kids that are committed. Now, the notion of recruiting over a kid. Now, yeah. for Exhibit A, Nevels, right? Seth Nevels is coming in. He'll be a, a true freshman this year at Penn State. His brother's already on the team. And, you know, if Kirkfleet goes there, there's going to be some conflict, right? And so where do you land on that? Um you know, the, the notion of, hey, we, we've got this kid, it's clearly heavyweight. And it's not like, it's one thing when you recruit RBY and Gavin and Teske and um, Buziel. It's like, you know, there's three to four weights those guys could fall in between red shirts and different graduation years. You could sort of lay it out. But when it's two heavyweights, it's very clear. Mm-hmm. It's like there's going to be an overlap. There's not a 97 there, right? So in that way, you know, it's pretty clear what will happen if Kirkfleet goes there. And... So what do you feel, Willie, about, hey, I'm recruiting. I've got this guy, but I'm going to recruit over him. 100% okay with it. Yeah. I, um, I, well, I'll say this. Um, I'm, I am okay with it in, in theory, but provided that the communication is clear in the yeah, recruiting yeah. of the initial. You, you can't say, you're my guy. I'm committed you're to you. Guy, it's right, like, yeah. we're going to make you a national champion, da 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 da, da And then... And I'm not saying this is what happened with Nevels. I'm sure the communication is, was was clear. And you know, if you go to Penn State, listen, you if you go to Penn State and you think they're not going to recruit around you or in, in your weight range, you're you're high, right? Like you have to know. Well, there's, that- there's, you're right. You're right. But there's also, you know, you know, there's also a thing about not not just recruiting over you, but just kids wanting to come. And that could be anywhere, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm not saying who's recruiting who, but, like, Aaron Costello goes to Iowa. Um, he's good. I mean, he's good, not great, right? Yeah. Cassiope decommits from Northwestern and goes there. Um, are you not going to take Cassiope, right? I mean, yeah. um, they, they, they sign Neville's. Who's to say? I mean, who knows what situation happened with Kirk Fleet? But Kirk Fleet comes knocking, or there's communication. What, you're, you're not going to take Kirk Fleet. You're not going mean, to not. What, what? What's the degree? What's the degree to which the the talent gap is too minimum to bring in more kids? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, and, and, you know, with the Haynes situation, a lot of people are talking about the Haynes situation. Well, yeah, it's very ironic if we can just explain that a little more. Thomas Haynes initially committed to go to Penn State. Thomas Haynes was a four-time Pennsylvania State champion. 
they had that verbal commitment, and Kale chose to recruit Nick Nevels, who at the time was the number one guy in the country, and they got Nick Nevels. So it's almost like it's ironic in a way if he goes to Penn State because Nevels was like kind of did this to Haynes, not that it's Neville's fault in any way or anyone's fault. Um, and now Seth, the younger brother, may find himself in a similar situation that Thomas Haynes did where he's going to be um, potentially recruited over by um, Daniel Kerfleet. And I kind of put this in in the article as as an explainer, and maybe at some point, um, you know, as we get a little more information, or or you know, if we're able to kind of figure out when he's taking official visits and and all this stuff, um, because from my conversation with the family yesterday, they they were you know very insistent that they were going to take all their official visits, they were going to um, be very deliberate with with this process, um, and I mean. <laughs> They called me from their vacation in Mexico, right? So, Dang. like, I, I felt bad taking time out of international waters. The, yeah, their yeah. family vacation probably ran out of my phone bill. Um, but <laughs> those international calls, they had. You, a, hey, I don't buddy, think it will you run can, up yours. You can expense that. Oh well, thank you, Christian. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so I kind of put it in the article yesterday about it, how it uh, affects the heavyweight landscape. Obviously, we know, you know, when he decommitted from from Minnesota, there was there's Gable there. Um, and then the day before, right, we talked about this, Colton Schultz to Arizona State. I'm sure Arizona State was interested in Kirkley, just like everyone is interested in Kirkley, right, who, who wouldn't want him. Um, Nevels is, is, was number six on our prospect rankings, right? That he, that's a, probably a, a good approximation of him. And then Nebraska, who was also listed, has Emerson, who Emerson came on after, um, after Eastern Michigan dropped. Mm-hmm. I didn't really mention Ohio State because they have Singletary, and if Kirkwood's able to get an Olympic red shirt and then still has a, a regular red shirt, that might not be as much of an issue. What do you mean? With... You didn't you didn't mention Ohio State when? In the article about Kirkfleet, because that's one of his f- four schools. Yeah, that's it's, it's weird that you keep hearing... Um, you keep hearing a lot of heavyweights... Uh, Looking at Ohio State. Looking at Ohio State. Ohio State looking at a lot of heavyweights. Yeah, I think, I, you know, it's early, but. I mean, I say weird because they have. They have Singletary. A guy, they have Singletary. He was 10th in his class. Um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they're looking for insurance policy. They already signed one, Tyler Stein. But that's an interesting side note. But go ahead. Yeah, I agree with that. And then also, look. Probably unlikely, but could he still go 97? I know he is extremely no. tall. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and answer that. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and I, you know, me and Willie made fun of CP for Yeah, I'm like, this. how can you bring this up? Look, Brady Berge at Penn State, when he said he was going 149, no. when he no, – hold on, listen. When he said he was going 149 at – when he committed, I was like, it how? In what way? Well, and we w- still haven't seen him make it. He's going to. But so that's what I'm saying. So if 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 a coach is like, hey man, look, you're going 97, and he's fully convinced about it. And again, I, like I said, I made fun of you for for a while for doing it, but I don't know. He's, he's not going 97. Not I don't think he is either. But he's like he's a puppy still. I know. I know. I don't think he's going 97 either. But maybe 84. Maybe. Maybe. Definitely not I I, I have reopened my commitment to thinking that there's a 1% chance he goes 97. Wow. So the the Thomas Haynes thing, I know for sure, listen, that was was Thomas Haynes wanting to go there. 
and it was less Kale recruiting Thomas Haynes and and more Thomas saying, "I'm going to Penn State. I'm committing to Penn State." Mm. Than it was guys uh, him technically recruiting over. But I said it then. I probably would have took Thomas just because of the money, the difference in money. Okay, so that's that. Um, and, you know, it begs the question, you know, what if Kirk Fleet does go to Penn State, then what happens with Seth Nevels? What happens with Nick Nevels? Well, Nick, um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if Nick Nevels, Nick Nevels will be gone. Okay, but he's still there this year and possibly next year if he redshirts this, if he gets a medical this year, if he's so hurt. And then you have a kid who's in your program who's like, where, where you screwed you, over my brother? Where did you hear that he's hurt or whatever? I thought this was where the, the all the rumors of Kassar going up stem from Neville's being hurt. No, Kassar is just going up because Bo Nickel, I think, is going up to 97. I Yeah, I'm 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 well on the Bo Nickel up to 97 train. What about so, Shakur? 84. Yeah. 84. But, okay, you, but still you then. You saw how big that kid was when we were at. Shakur? Yeah. Yes. That won't that won't be fun. No, he's well over two hundred pounds. Yeah, he, he, he will have to lose some weight. Man, so Bergy, the, the first time maybe in a little while that Penn State's because Penn State has always been like they don't make kids cut weight, right? All those kids go up, all their kids go up. Now it's like Bergy going forty nine, Shakur going eighty four. I mean, Shakur going eighty four is not. I mean, I mean he was one ninety two for NCAA's. I think he said in his interview. Yeah, right? he'll he'll get down there. He's yeah. just. But Kassar's going up because he thinks that's his. Best spot in the lineup. He thinks. I mean, he's like Bo Nickel or Nick Nevels. I will go with. I will try to go after Nick Nevels and try to beat him to start. Okay, I thought there was some some injury aspect of it where Kale was like, "Hey, we need an insurance policy here as well." No, I don't think so. I think that's where Gasar's is going to. I think he sees that as his path to start. So, yeah, I don't know what this means for Seth. Nick um, will battle it out with Kassar to start. <clears throat> Um, which I'm will be one of the something I should have mentioned to you. I don't know if that was in your roster battle or not. Article. <laughs> which one? Neville's versus Kassar. The lightweight. The battle. lightweight roster oh, battle light- article. Oh yeah. We'll <laughs> okay. Broke it up into threes. I forgot. I was, well, perfect. I'm glad you, we haven't run that one yet. That'll work out great. Okay. <laughs> Anything else for the uh, for the Neville's Kirk Fleet? Well, Berge. we see if. Uh, Greg does go to uh, Penn State. Will we see Neville's leave? That's what I was thinking about well, because AJ's a sophomore. Or so, yeah, sophomore at I think Fresno. Sophomore. It'd be a sophomore this well, year. He, Seth Neville's will will. I mean, if if Seth should choose to transfer, I mean we're we are talking like three four steps ahead of right. things required to happen. He, the the good thing is he can probably go anywhere he wants. He could stay in the Big Ten if he wanted because of the new transfer rules, right? So he's going to have flexibility. Now, he could always go home. Um, now, does he want to rest? His brother's a heavyweight. Yeah, that's that's so, what I was getting out with the AJ thing. Yeah, yeah, he'll only be a sophomore next year, too. Yeah, so, so he might want to go somewhere else. He might want to go somewhere else, unless you want to And it would seem unlikely that Kale would try to – I know it's a new rule, but – well, he'll probably to I do mean, anything. If he tries to, to go do. to Ohio State, I bet. Um, yeah, possibly. He ain't gonna be too jazzed about that. Yeah. Or another power is like, why don't you go somewhere not, 
not on our level. But yeah, so I don't think we're going to hear too much more, um, at least publicly. The Kirkfleets are a very quiet private family, right? And I'm sure they probably would prefer to to not have to have this be talked about because you know they just want they just want to get Greg in school and and you know get him get him ready to to win national titles and world titles, right? Yeah. Um, but. He's going to be taking officials here over the next little bit. He's he's going to be here's what I'm interested in. Um, he's going to be training at the OTC this year, right? He's going to be doing international tournaments, or at least that that seems to be the plan. So no high school, correct? More than likely, we will not see him in any high school events this year. Um, obviously, not going to rule it out because it's still July. But college opens. Mm. Um, cause I brought up to him with, with Cashman and, and he definitely sounded open to, um, doing college opens and maybe even competing more than, than Cashman did last year. Cause uh, Cashman was the, the main one that I think of, right. As far as like kind of being the first year of this program, um, a little different than what Kyle did, obviously. Um, now it's like an actual program that they're trying to build. And so could we see Kirkfleet in college opens? I hope so. I think that'd be freaking awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. I hope we see it. What's so funny? Chuckles? <laughs> of course. We we'll probably will. Of course we will. Okay. I, I'm just, you know, I'm not guaranteeing anything because if the if his coaches and him are like, nah, I'm, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do this. This isn't right for my training or my schedule, then they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. Not even for a fire. Okay. But I hope it happens. For sure. Okay. Um... I'm going to invite Mike Mal onto the show, but let's let's talk a little bit uh, about Colton Schultz. So the top two, a lot of movement in the top two pound for pound, top two heavyweights, top two. They're like one and two and everything, right? Um, as he, they should be. As they should be. So Colton Schultz commits to Arizona State um, over, who was it, Ohio State and I forget who else was in the mix there. Did we get his final list? Did uh, we put it in the no, article? I was told it, but didn't uh, not not by him. So, anyways, he commits. Thoughts on the Arizona State commitment from from Colton Schultz? Obviously, a huge get for Arizona State as they've been not going through a drought recruiting, but they have a lot of money tied up with the number one class from a couple years ago. Yeah, and uh, that money is going to come off the books here eventually, so they can start really making some bigger splashes in recruiting. Willie, thoughts on Schultz as a to Arizona State, the fit there and his prospects next level. I like it. Uh, I think it's a good fit. You know, after Tanner Hall leaves, um, Colton can step right in. Um, I think it's a it's a probably a good training environment as far as uh, I would imagine. Sunkiss sends him wherever he wants for training and and brings in guys for Greco that he needs and lets him take time at the OTC for Greco because he has a bright Greco feature. Uh, as far as how he does in college, I mean, I think he's right there with those guys. It's a great group. Um, Gable, Kirkfleet, Paris, Cassiope, uh, Nevels. You know, I, I think we – I think all of America wrestling fans go, come on. We know what the pecking order is. It's Gable, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and everybody's going to have a hard time. Uh, nobody's, nobody, Gable's a four-time national champ, and it very well could be. 
But there's a lot of stuff still to happen. And whatever the final placements are between these this group of guys, whatever um, their legacy becomes, um, it, that could very well happen. It could be Gable's story for the next four years. But I think that's far from determined. I, I think maybe the, the, it, we could see a scenario where – uh, these guys are all back and forth, and um, I think Colton Schultz is right there with everybody. Well, what I are might. these schools supposed to do? Just give up on heavyweight? Like, pfft, all right, it's Gables. Like, come on. Of course they're going to. No, 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 no. I'm not. I, I didn't, no, I'm not I saying didn't. you're saying that, but fans are They're like, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Gable, Gable, Gable. It's like, well, what, what are you, what are you no, supposed no, 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 to no. do? No, what I'm saying is, myself included, you know, last year, two years ago, I'm like, man, Gable's going Gable's gonna to win four titles. Gable, who's going to beat him? He could win a title as a freshman. You know, even I got caught up in that. But it's a long time. Things change. People, people get better. People get worse. People get injured. People develop. People regress. Yeah. Right? You know the the interesting thing, and, and Gable's going to always be discussed when we when we talk about this heavyweight class. Um, and we're, right now, all we can do is look back to that match he had against Kirk Fleet. It was three two, and now you could say a lot of things. Gable was in the kind of the midst of really his break. He wasn't in his peak form. Uh, maybe there's an injury. Who knows? Um, but all all but what we do know is they are at least in a comparable tier. Kirk Fleet and Gable. Now, do we believe that Kirkfleet and Schultz are on a similar tier and maybe even Paris or Cassiope? And if those guys are all in one tier, then maybe them being – it's maybe a little too transitive, but maybe potentially they are in, in the same realm as Gable or closer than we thought, whereas we were just writing off this weight class. And I think I still am. I'm still saying until I watch that guy lose to someone uh, from America – I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to choose it, right? I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not there anymore. Wow. I was, but like, you talking about? There's a three-one. You have a three-one match with a guy that's a year younger than you. I'm saying I'm not. I'm not crowning Gable for the next four years. Yeah. No. I. I think that's plenty fair. That's plenty fair. And with- but I guess the whole point is. Do, sh- do we think Schultz is is in the mix here? I do. I think I sh- do. Yeah. Yeah, and and here's the thing: if Gable's going to be beat, it's going to be in folk style. Like it, the the difference is too too big in freestyle. The if somebody really, I mean, it's going to be hard. But if somebody really rides him and can keep it even on their feet. Then you start getting in that tiebreaker situation, and then then things start getting goofy. I want to meet the guy that can hold Gable Steve. Oh, I know it's 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 <laughs> not going to be easy. Point to that guy. I mean, hold that guy down. Okay, it is not going to be easy in any way. Yeah, for sure. I think freestyle is clearly his best style, and um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he texted Tanner Hall twice this mm-hmm. year. Okay, all right. Yeah, he ain't texting him in, in folk style, right? No, and texts not. are easier to come by in freestyle, anyways. Yeah. Okay. That's Colton Schultz. This is Mike Malinconico of Behind the Dirt fame. Um, <laughs> so Mike has been working on a big project behind the scenes here for a little bit that we wanted. Uh, it's going to debut here soon. Yeah, Videos are already starting to go up, and um, 
Well, Mike, why don't you talk about it a little bit? What it is uh, and uh, what you can expect oh, from it. It's not much. It's just my life's work. No oh, big okay. deal. <laughs> no biggie. No big deal. It's it's quite simply um, a technique library that I put together. So there's a couple things, right? Like so for me, there is there's always kind of been gaps in in technique videos, right? Like so, you can Kyle Snyder can show something, show a technique uh, on video. And, but that doesn't mean that every different type of kid can do it because not every different type of kid is built like a fire hydrant mm -hmm. like like he is. So the longer, lankier kids might be losing out. And what this technique library hopefully does is puts together techniques for every age, body type, skill level, wrestling style. It kind of takes all those things and takes them into account with the videos. It's a daunting <laughs> thing that we've started to put together. And it's daunting because it's hard to organize and hard to classify. So what are we talking about the organization of it, talking about the, the volume of it, like what, what, what can we look for here okay. with this? What you want to look for, and quite literally what you should be searching for is different types I, I assembled it kind of like a book, like a, or um, an encyclopedia type of thing, right? So book one, book two, book three. Book one will be all your basic, basic, basic stuff. Your stance. Your well, spladles. Right, spladles, super ducks, all that kind of stuff. Day one stuff. Day, <laughs> day one stuff. It, no, it's, it's your stance, it's your motion, it's, but stance and motion can be very different from kid to kid to kid to kid. Um, so I go into a square stance, a staggered stance, an American style stance, uh, a Russian stance, an Iranian stance. There are all these different types of things. So, but you can find them because they're easily classified. Book one, basics, stance, Iranian stance. So the way that I classified them should make it easier for you, if you are so inclined, to find them if you're looking for a specific type of technique. Cool. Yeah. Mike, I got a question. What sort mm -hmm. of feedback are you hoping to to get from this, right? Because I imagine that you're not just going to be like, all right, done. You, you no more technique in the world. You are mistaken. No, it's – but that's – no, here – the feedback is I, – I always love the what ifs. Oh, what if we what if we did this? That's the coolest part of technique to me, right? Because there's no new technique. There's no. I mean, this sport's been around for thousands of years. It'd be arrogant of anyone to think that they came up with anything. What I find so interesting about technique is finding different combinations, mm -hmm. and that is one of the things that's so cool to me about this library is that you can kind of mix and match. Oh well, I, I'm a power double kind of guy. I'm not a power Same. kind of guy, <laughs> but if I were, right, I can find different setups, like a thumb block punch, right, or or maybe just a push-pull type of thing, that I can find different ways to get into my favorite technique, and then now on the other end of it, okay, the finishes haven't really gone up yet, but now I can find different ways to finish that double, right? Because it's not always get up and run. Sometimes it's just lock your hands, back back arch and turn. So the cool part to me is finding different combinations of techniques. So you'd be pretty stoked if a, a kid from wherever. Let's we'll call say, it Mississippi. Yeah, we'll say kid from Mississippi is mm -hmm. like, man, you know what? I, 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 I was 
having good with my setups and, and I was being able to get to legs mm-hmm. and you know on some of the worst kids I was able to finish but that that third or fourth part of the equation yeah I couldn't find it and I went through your technique library and, and I found a different way to, to finish or different way to to get myself set up to finish so you'd be really stoked for you're like all right this kid found the missing link in the chain to help him yeah. adapt his style to you know whatever he took from you well so yeah so it, it becomes <clears throat> excuse me it, it becomes about um yeah, bridging that gap, right? So there's always there's always one thing that's missing from any set of techniques, and and hopefully they find it there. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, we've got a, a video queued up. Our guy Zach Purcell, Killer. he's a sick editor. Um, if you've seen the behind the dirt intro, he did that. Did this cool little video, um, little preview here that uh, our guy Caleb's gonna queue up and play here. So let's take a look real quick. This is your day one stuff. This is your squared stand. You're going to have to work hard to get a paper. And this is going to get progressively more difficult, right? Recognize what he's doing and react to. Nice. I get so excited when I see that thing because, it, like, like it's it's just it's it, it's a the guy is so talented. I know. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. Like awesome. it's so cool. He's so awesome. Yeah. I know. I you end up focusing on like the quality, right? Of the and I'm way, like, yeah, the technique thing. And but, I'm also very easy to please with that kind of stuff. Like I'm like, oh, yeah. it's like a, like a kid with a pinwheel, you know? I'm yeah, like, oh, that's cool. Right. Yeah. You used to just like kind of throw your stuff up right now it's yeah. like oh I have an actual editor well, it's funny stuff. because we did an interview yesterday with uh, with Efren and he stuck a camera in my face and he's like well how did Behind the Dirt start I'm like it started with an iPhone 4 propped up on a kettlebell that was sitting on a plyo box quite literally yeah. and now I've got like lighting and you know yeah. things wires and things so okay a um, couple more things we'll, we'll, we'll let you go okay. um, what's the what's the time frame when, when can we expect there are 25 videos populating an event page right now. There will be 75 more videos within the next 24 hours that will populate that event page. The event page is called Flow Wrestling's Technique Library. And you can search that right in the navigation bar. Uh, or you can you can search it on our site too, uh, the search function there. and. So like I said, there's 25 up right now. There will be another 100 in the next 24 hours, and there'll probably be another 100 within, by Monday, I'd say. And then this is going to be an ever-growing thing, yeah. as you said in the video. So yeah. You, you're, you're, you're pot committed there. You have Dude, I, like I'm excited. But I am, though. Like I'm super excited about it. Like I'm, I'm jazzed about, about finishing – like this is again this is kind of life's work man this is what i've been doing for the last 15 years put down on the internet know, the internet not celluloid anymore is it no so someone <laughs> asked um we always take questions, questions. for mike mm-hmm. which wrestlers do you enjoy breaking down moves for behind the dirt is there a certain style you prefer yes the foreigners for sure but in this country it's yanni and it is yanni and guys like Michik. Who wrestle like foreigners? Yes. <laughs> so, well, and, and you're stoked that Yanni's with Coop. Yeah. Because you feel that Coop is really no Coop. 
I, it's not a feel like it is a yeah. for certain like there, there's no, like so people don't real like I don't know that Coop gets kind of his due I really don't because as a as an athlete as a as an athlete as a wrestler and as a coach the the dude is a game changer and because everyone likes to think of guys like Ben Askren as being kind of the godfather of a certain style of wrestling Coop was doing that stuff. You know, a little bit before that. And I'm not saying he didn't have the same success. So he didn't get to wrestle mm-hmm. on primetime on ESPN. Like he was, you know, he, he, he didn't, he never made a final. So he, he didn't, you didn't get to see it as much. But that dude had some stuff. Like had some stuff. And still does, right? Like the dude can still go. Um, so yeah, you put a, a mind like that with Yanni. Yeah, good things are going to happen. Yeah, and we'll see with J.O. too down the line. <laughs> yeah, that's, that adds a certain, a very different element to it too because J.O. is kind of the, this amalgamation of European style plus like a power, Coleman Scott power hit you in the mouth kind of double leg stuff too. So, yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Well, awesome stuff, Mike. We'll have you on again soon talking All about right. some other stuff. Cool. Sir, uh, thank you. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, brother. Cool, so be sure to check that out. Those will be going up soon. We'll be featuring them on uh, site and social. So, hold, yeah. I found it come. quite easily. When Mike said, look up Flow Wrestling Technique Library, it came right up for me. Nomad, so. you don't count because the other day you sent us a document from <laughs> 1992 when <laughs> Iowa got punished for giving out too many scholars. You found, like, Big Ten meeting notes from the 90s. Another, so you another, don't count. Another very easy way to find it is click on the event uh, tab on the homepage and then click completed, and it will be the first one that comes up. Mm-hmm. For now. For now. Yes, yeah, for now, until other events complete. But yeah. that's an easy way to find it, too, without having to search. So that's the Technique Library. We're really excited about it. It's going to be ever-growing, and we, um, we love getting techniques from, from awesome wrestlers, but there's not a connective tissue among them all. And I think ideally, you know, you've got Mike – he builds his technique library and using our technique library that we already have from guys like David Taylor and John Smith and, and other greats and using that to accentuate what he's got and to build off it. So I think the potential is huge. And one thing we know about wrestling people, the, the fans of wrestling are all, not all, are mostly in the game. They mm-hmm. are competing. They are coaching. They are working with kids. They have a son. They have a daughter that they're trying to help. So well, we think it's going to be something that, that people will be really excited about. So. And, and even if they're not, right, you're, you're just learning, right? You're yeah. – oh, okay. Like uh, the, the, the one that immediately comes to mind, Bracky was pointing out, there, we, we ran a technique. It was a, a year of finish for Gilman, and Gilman used that against Dayton Fix in Final X. Yeah, pretty right? cool like, stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. Okay. Um, it's 846. Should we go straight to the questions? Is there anything super pressing that uh, – Tears for Fears next week? Well, I think Tears for Fears next week um, because... We have all summer to talk about. We have all summer. Yeah, I'm not fighting. Well, I'm just, I'm just 133 ain't going anywhere, boys. And there's some good questions in here. Let's do it um, Here's the best question. Could LeBron James stop a Jordan Burroughs double? Asks Oof. Blake Olsen. Uh, Come on. No. Maybe. I'm He's pretty sure. huge. He's like 290. <laughs> Maybe not the first time, but yeah. I'm sure at some point. He Listen, could. he's he would get him off balance. At if you if you taught him, if give him a few reps, yeah, you're not 
LeBron's 300 pounds. <laughs> yeah, LeBron's <laughs> way Wait, bigger well, now, than Jordan. On. Okay, I guess we got to set the parameters here. I'm saying you give Jordan Burroughs right now three minutes live. Yeah, we're not sending LeBron to the Ohio RTC to learn from Turvell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, okay, but it's, it's his not, current form. It's also not fair if you just put him out on the mat and you're like, all right, go. That's the question. No, it's not. No we don't know the question. Like, we don't, I mean, we don't know the specifics. Blake Olsen, I know what you mean, Blake. Right now. I'm sure, he, yes, he could. He could stop it? No, he could He's, double leg him. All right. Yeah. He would get double legged. But if you yeah. gave LeBron like five minutes, I'm sure he would start stopping some of them. He's just yeah. so much bigger than yes. than Jordan. It has nothing to do. Like, Jordan is a. Do you think Jordan Burr's. Oh, so you think, wow, you think Jordan Burr's a better wrestler than LeBron? <laughs> I'm saying Dude. if Jordan Burroughs was 300 pounds, LeBron's getting his you-know-what kicked all down double Cleveland. I pr- he, oh, excuse I, me, uh, uh, L.A. Los Angeles. Yeah. He's Los Angeles. He's a Laker now. Um, okay, interesting. Sunset Boulevard. I, I'm Yeah. Blake Olson, thank you for the question. Please refine it. Did you mean LeBron in his current state? That's how I took the question. Um, is he going to go to RTC practices? Just let us know. Uh, Matt Kaminer, FRL question. Do you think... Any head, anytime a head coach retires from or otherwise leaves a program, the job should be opened up, even if there is an heir apparent on staff, or only open it for struggling programs, i.e., Michigan State, Indiana, and the like. Um, cool. Which this those is a saucy questions? Which those two didn't even <laughs> I don't think open it's it up. That saucy. It should be opened up every single time, no matter what. Yeah. Why would you? Because you're how do you not know who's like you won't know who's interested if you don't. And that, even if you have an heir apparent, the person that's interested could be a better candidate. Yeah. The reason I say it's saucy is because if there if there is an heir apparent and if the no matter what, everyone has like a guy in mind, right? Whether it's right away or, or after a process. If it's right away, then you're just like trotting people out to be like, Oh well, we gotta interview three people, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then it's you're just like wasting people's time. Right. That's why I uh, think I mean, it's saucy. Let's, let's be clear, the only the only places that don't open it up are loser program like People, the admin, ads that don't care. Yes, that's accurate. How that's accurate. how open was Michigan's? Oh yeah, good question. Okay, Mich- Bormat doesn't count. I don't, uh, I don't consider I don't, Michigan I mean, a loser program or they a Bormat a loser coach. They they did interview other people. Okay, that's now, what I'm asking. But it was yeah. But it's a good point. Good point by Nomad. I think it was a formality with Michigan. Um, you know, if Kale Sanderson called, be one thing, but. Yeah, Bormet was probably the best guy for the job, too, most qualified. And so, okay, but so I kind of went, I was like bracky. And then I was like, man, I mean, I think about flow. You know, you, you want to promote from within, within your organization. That's an important thing here. Yeah, it should be an important thing uh, at, a, at a school, too, right? I mean, Michigan, it's important to be a Michigan man at, at Michigan. That, that has value beyond oh, yeah, the, sure. that has value beyond the athletic ramifications it's like that means a lot to alums that means a lot to the university that you know we are a school that is is run by guys and gals that went here i don't have a good example of it for wrestling but uh in college football you see it all the time they name an interim coach halfway through the season when they fire the coach they win four games and they're like yes this is the man for the job they hire him and then two years down the line after two losing seasons yeah it doesn't work yeah Um, well let's be clear uh no, for Matt, everything was trending in the right direction at Michigan, right? So, Michigan man, things are trending in the right direction. So that's that's a little bit different than 
Um, struggling program, coach retires. Uh, yeah, who's it? Who's the assistant? Yeah, just make him head coach. <laughs> well, that's what the the question was. Any time, <laughs> which would be all times, and yeah. I I think if it's it's a case by case basis. But look, if you believe in your guy, I, I don't know exactly what the the rules are for for each school and each state as far as you know employments for for things like that. But um, <laughs> what? some states have like you have to interview people yeah it's a, it's a state university you can't just it's got to be open yeah. process oh oh well, yeah so but you know then you're again you're wasting people's time but i mean yeah ideally you would want to always look at the best pool of candidates but it's not always realistic gotcha gotcha okay wh- while we're on the coach subject circle back to utc um Someone named Durden, D-U-R-D-O-N, blew me up. Lots he was of locked in. He's this. locked in. This guy, this guy <laughs> is so. Ch- he is, I don't know who he is, but he's Chattanooga strong. Um, so a name <laughs> I a name I forgot Tuesday was Jordan Lean. Yep. Grew up there. Family still lives there. Dad was the coach there, something like that. Um, and obviously Jordan Lean, strong coach, amazing wrestler for Cornell, very respected guy. Could totally see him getting the job. Uh, one but, I didn't know. Hold on, though. Okay. But from what I – I don't know the details, so, but from what I heard somewhere, things did not end well there with Miss, with Lean and UTC. Interesting. I heard there's bad, bad blood, so I heard that. Okay. I don't know how true it is, but I heard very unlikely that Jordan Lean would be – would go there. Okay. Um, okay, here's another one. Great name. UTC names. If Kevin Ward wants the job, it's his. He's from Chattanooga, has family here, and strong ties here. Um, I didn't know. I think I knew he was from Tennessee, but I didn't know he was from Chattanooga. All I learned from this Durden guy is that everyone in D1 coaching is from Chattanooga. (laughs) 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 It's like four people he mentioned. Cody from Chattanooga. (laughs) Cody Cleveland, I knew. Um, He was. I mean, he was just coaching Team Tennessee in in Fargo, but he just moved to to Citadel. He's not gonna. I don't know. I, if, if Philly, if you just change your job, you're not going to then change your job like, like twice in one summer. But Oh, Durden. I see him. Yeah, Durden. And then UTC, Dan Dennis is in, interested, says Durden. So Durden has spoken on UTC. I don't know about these coaches' involvement, but those are some uh, really interesting names, especially Kevin uh, Ward. I think I think a lot of Kevin Ward. Well, I'll tell you what. First thing that has to happen is UTC, the AD, needs to get Durden on the hiring committee, on the interview committee. <laughs> I, I would support that. And then Durden needs to be our mole throughout the process. Yes. Yeah, get, funneling us UTC info. Big mole guy. Okay. We shouldn't – the thing about moles, you we don't – say who yeah, they are. We'll edit this out. We'll edit Durden, this you are out. not our mole. You're, you're not our mole. Find another slant. Find, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Find another slant. Okay. Zach Donahue, what are the chances that Stefan Mijic takes home a world medal at 57 kilograms? I think he can. But he, what did he get? A, he didn't do so hot at, uh, where was it, Euro? No, no, he did, he did very well. So. Metal, I think. Well, if he bought bronze there, I mean. Well, I know, but this is why you got to dig into brackets because of repishage. Um, he lost to Aguev, the, the guy from Russia, um, who made the finals. And then he came back, and I think he beat France and Spain. So not Mitch's fault, but he didn't beat anyone of note there. Anymore, France is all Russian. 
So a French win now means a lot more because they they are I know but they're poaching Dagestan. They yes, but um, I don't think Micic is a super strong metal threat this year. Um, I think that that that's a really tough weight cut for him, and I think that's kind of part of why he lost to Guev um, because he looked amazing, right? Quick, like you know, good shots and. Um, but I was watching with Mike Mal and, and uh, Spay, and Mike Mal was like, "He's going to be done after this." He 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 used so much energy on that first takedown, and it was kind of spot on um, the rest of the match. So, not necessarily a, a talent thing, but I think a the weight's too tough, and b he's just going to run into one or two too many guys that are going to be able to knock him off. Uh-huh. But I hope Mitchich does well because I really like him. Okay, uh, I think he's got a. I don't know. Yeah, the weight thing has me a little concerned now that you mention it. Um, gotcha. All right, so that's Micic. I don't know if anyone else wants to weigh in there, but here we go. On to the next question. We've seen weirder medalists at world championships, right? Okay. Well, I mean, he's a returning – not returning. He's former world bronze. Right. We have, we have seen far stranger things happen, so in no way am I rolling him out. Well, okay. I don't think it would be that strange. I mean, you're saying that you're saying that it was the reason he lost to Yugoyev was a weight cut. I mean, Yugoyev's not bad. No, and you're I putting him right, you're putting him right there. He did with get, him. I think he got killed though, didn't he? No, it was six four. It was oh, a very snap. good match. Okay, <clears throat> that's what that's what I'm saying. So, I think it'll be fine. I don't think he'll, I don't think the weight's that great. Right. That's the thing. Not not a great way. Is the full USA team wrestling at the Yasser Dogu tournament for qualifying points or to put the rest of the world on notice? Yes. Why not, <laughs> not really either? Not, we, don't, we don't say, you know what, we're going to the Dogu and we're going to show statement. them we're here. It's a statement time. They don't do it for that. I don't, and they don't, they don't get that. And they don't care about qualifying points either because look at our Pan Am team. Um, they're going because... At this time of year, every year, we send our team to a tournament for, you know, kind of state of the union, see where they're at. It's an important part of the the process for preparing for Worlds is to go to an international sure, tournament. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. I'm pretty sure they're going there to put the world on notice. <laughs> uh, I think I, I think they're put – actually, I know, for, I know for sure Cody Bickley from the USA uh, Wrestling Performance – Center called me yesterday, and he said they actually have flyers that they are posting their tele- telephone poles all around. It says, notice, world. <laughs> We're here. I think We're winning here. worlds last year might have put the world on notice. I would notice. have said, yeah, I right? think that too. I think that put them on notice. But, uh, no, it's not a bad. I mean, Nick Nick W. at Nikki, Nikki Pipes. Nikki Pipes. <laughs> that's Nikki solid. Pipes. But also, if Suriano needs that Twitter handle, you might you, have you may have to give it to him because – your pipes are not probably comparable. No offense to Suriano. Did you see him yesterday? Did you see Nikki Suriano doing those? Uh, uh, oh, with the rubber bands. With the rubber, the bands. Yeah. Nikki's looking. He's, a, he's looking right. It is unbelievable. He's he's gonna he's gonna win. He's gonna be the guy to beat Mighty Mouse at in UFC. <laughs> yeah. He's wow. Gonna, Bold proclamation. He's gonna smash him. Uh, real real quick on that, like. There's not a lot left here before Worlds, guys. It, looking at the schedule, so we got Dogu now. Next month, there's literally one. Well, this, one is, this is a good one. Senior level freestyle event, and Americans can't enter it. It's the Asian Games. Mm. Okay, you could try, right? 
Um, we're not going to do Corkin in September, which is in Russia. <laughs> so there's 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 three events in September. When's the clipping? Like, clipping is a women's event. That's why it's funny. <laughs> that's the joke. Listen, but people yeah. don't know that. Yeah, that's true. It's the last international tournament that they can go in. Yeah, I mean, the, you have Sargisian in, Pol- in Poland okay, the first let's... weekend, and then Medved second weekend. So like, <laughs> guys, yeah, they yeah, gotta we, go to Dogu, guys. Stop. They gotta go to Dogu. They gotta go to Dogu. Stop reading tournaments. I'm trying to explain to the people. These people don't know anything about international <laughs> wrestling. Okay, so I'm trying to explain to them how it works. Sarkeesian. Fired at our listeners. Wow. I'm watching Suriano. Wow, Suriano's ripping up his pull-ups, <laughs> no problem. His lats look look uh, in mid-season form. Okay, so that's that's Dogu talk. That's the Dogu hour. Um, <laughs> Willie, you talked or we? Uh, it's not really. You talked about Hodge prospects uh, a few weeks back and said there are two clear front runners in Leonolf. I agree, but what are the chances of Gable getting it if he can score points in folk style like he did in freestyle against all Americans like Tanner Hall? Uh, they ain't gonna give it to a freshman. Yeah, no way. <laughs> Zero percent well, chance they give it to a freshman. Well, Even if he's the only well, undefeated the guy, is, he's gonna be zero percent chance. No, that's crazy. That's not true. They ain't giving it to Gable. They not the gonna give it to Gable. If he is, was undefeated little, and everyone else they took ain't a loss, give it to Gable. Why are you saying it like because that? Because they didn't freaking give him the the all the other awards that okay this the, is the high school awards that so you so because because, David, because of stuff because of non wrestling stuff. So because David Carr won the about? Schultz Junior Award, that means Bro, Gable won't win. Yeah, because it's the same type of people voting. <clears throat> it's not. No, it's not. It's not. That's not true. They're, they Willie, do you it. have a Schultz vote? They ain't going to give it to Gable. They're not going to give it to Gable. All right, just stop saying the same thing a thousand times. Why do you think they would give it to him? If he was the only undefeated wrestler and everyone else took a loss, which is not probably going to happen, he would get it. He would win it. Nope. Oh, my gosh. No, man, what are you talking about? I just don't think, uh, A, I don't think they're going to give if it to Gable a freshman the only one un- or a true Gable freshman. If was the only one undefeated, he would win the Hodge. No. Oh, my gosh. All right. They're not going to give it to a freshman, a true It'd freshman. Be even and, more and impressive as a true freshman. I understand that. Why yeah. are they not going to give it to a true freshman? Because they have shown time after time after time that it's a career achievement award. <clears> and <throat> that No, they haven't. Maybe once. Maybe twice. I mean, Kale got it. Not as a freshman. Yes, he did. Nope. I believe he, didn't. he did. Nope. Pretty sure he did. Nope. And then he didn't as a sophomore. It was like his sophomore year. He didn't win. Nope. All right, go ahead and look it up, Mr. Nope. Okay, he won in his anyhow, last three years. Anyhow, the question is worded a little weird. It's you like, right. if he puts up the point, if Gable right. puts up the points like he did in, in freestyle. Oh, if Gable texts every, everybody, do you think he'll win? Sophomore yes, he would win. Senior. But I don't see a scenario in which uh, in which Lee or Nolf doesn't have more bonus than Gable. Yeah, and he's not going to win it because he's not going to have the resume. But I I push back that he wouldn't win it otherwise. Kale won in two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two. He did not win his freshman. He did his okay. freshman year second. He was a sophomore his first year, though. No man, everyone forgets that. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, that. but you also don't know when's the last time when's the last time a freshman nomad had the highest bonus rate and didn't win? A freshman has never had the highest bonus rate. So then why would he win the freaking thing? Because we're not talking about bonus rate, we're talking about him going undefeated. And I think we can all agree he's not gonna have the highest bonus rate no matter what. 
He might not okay. have the highest bonus rate, but he's going to have a pretty high bonus rate. He's going to have a very good bonus rate, but... And I, if he's undefeated and couple that with being a true freshman, uh, I think he's got a very good shot at winning it. I just, I don't think they, I don't think they... Especially if other people have losses. I don't think they're going to want to give it to him. I'd really, vote for him. I'd vote for him. This is not a comment on on what I th- what I think should happen. It's what I think will happen. Are you are you upset about the Junior Schultz Award? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I thought I was the most upset about. I'm that. upset Junior with Schultz. the the Hodge voters that that whatever. what? No, you're 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 uh, you're upset with the Schultz Award. You're they're they're out. not going to give it to him. That's all I'm saying, guys. When's the last? What, what what data gives you that? How many times did the um, Hodge mess up? I'm probably like, I, I have a bone to pick with about three of them in the history of the award. Yeah, there's, it's pretty. It's it's always close, right? Like I obviously I've disagreed many times with the Ringer over Zane thing. That was one example where it. Didn't necessarily follow the criteria, but it was pretty freaking close. Um, you could say Ness in 2010 over Varner um, was not the Lifetime Achievement Award because that would have certainly gone to Jake Varner over Jason Ness, right? That was that was a um, that was a very contentious decision. In that some way, that was a Lifetime Achievement what? because it was like, okay, you finally got one. Here's your award, but. Oh. Well, you can't say lifetime achievement when one guy achieves No, because far lifetime more. achievement can be many different things. Lifetime achievement can be you started from here <laughs> and you came here. Lifetime achievement can be you've always been the man. Lifetime achievement can be no. Yes. No. What do you mean no. no? What do you mean no, Willie? You can. You can you... Lifetime achievement can be you came from crap and became awesome, or it can be you were always the man. They there is there are two different kinds of lifetime achievement. Well, which was Ness because he was a four time All American, two time. Not from crap, but like. Okay, couldn't get it, couldn't get it, couldn't get it, couldn't get it. He got it, got it in a super dramatic, crazy way, right? Like th- there's 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 a level of earning to lifetime achievement that's not that isn't just okay. This guy has always been. So what man. if so what if Varner would have got it? Then it would have just been a lifetime achievement that way. They could both be lifetime achievement. There are two kinds of lifetime achievements. Everyone knows this, Willie. So, <laughs> what is so hard to understand about like? Uh, what's hard to understand is that if they would have you get close, you get close, you get close, and then if you finally win. If they give it to Varner, you would be complaining about that too. No, I'm not complaining about this. What I'm saying is they're not going to give it to. G- I don't think wrestling well, people want Gable to succeed. No you have no proof. I, of course, I don't have proof because really? we've never had a guy like Gable before that's going to be in this situation. All right, let's keep it moving. Just I don't. don't- I don't think they want to give Gable awards, Will. That's what I'm saying. I don't think wrestling people want to give Gable awards if they don't have to, which is not fair. What? (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Keep moving. I'm trying. I'll tell you what. Wrestling people, they're biased against Gable Stevenson. (laughs) Yes. Wholesale bias against Gable. Yep. Keep going. All right. Um, Schultz voters. Here's a question that is geared towards making us say Penn State. What the heck? I'm going to fall for it. Sam Herring, who, whose Twitter avatar is him with the Nittany Lion on campus. What college takes the highly ranked incoming freshmen and transforms them into NCAA stars right away most often? And why them? Well, Sam, since you asked, well, this, Sam. Since you asked this brain buster, it, is it, would, cr- be- it would be Penn State. And why? 
uh, they have the best wrestlers in the room and the best coaches. And when you combine those factors, it yields <laughs> really good wrestlers. Sam Herring. Hey, Christian, you can talk about how awesome Penn State is. <laughs> sure. I guess we own that. Um, can we do the villain one? Oh, yes. This is the best one. I've been looking for it. What, read it, please, Bracky. Any potential villains for this upcoming NCAA oh. season like Gilman a few years ago? This is from O'Wrighton33. We really could have used another year of Richie Lewis. I guess Got- it's O'Wrighton33. Yeah. I think Gable. Yeah, who are the Getting villains? back to what I was just saying, Gable's going to be a villain. That's a, that's a good There's one. There's one. Gable's clear, 100% going to be a villain. There's one clear answer. What? Austin DeSanto. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Yeah. DeSanto. And he, just putting on the Iowa singlet, like, that's, that multiplies that, his villainous by, yeah, like, this is a this is a great question, though. Let's talk great about job, the Great job, Instagram. This is your can fault. I, well, what, wait. Why is it's Gable? It's actually DeSanto's fault for... Trying to snap Stephon yeah, Meech's elbow yeah. and yelling at his coaches yeah. and trying to hurt Chaz Tucker. Yeah, I think it's all like, of those. All of those things contributed. Yes, I, I don't think it's Instagram. <laughs> Instagram didn't help. Yeah, Instagram didn't. Help. Why is Gable a villain? I well, know. no, I I will say Gable doesn't mind wearing the black hat, he, dude. He mean mugs. He'll gesture. He'll give a little something extra. I, I I'm not mad at it, but he does do that. He has a track record of doing that. I don't think he's a villain in the sense of like, just like I don't think Gilman was a villain in the sense of like they're a bad person. But they 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 like they like the attention. They like people betting against them. They like people rooting against them. They thrive. Tony on Ramos it. was the same way. Oh, yeah, Tony yeah. Ramos exactly. Yeah, like I think it's Yanni guys. Yeah, definitely Yanni. Everyone hates Yanni. He's the most likable person (laughs) in the world. He might be the nicest guy going right now. I'm Um, I'm looking. Which would make the heel turn all the better. Yeah. Can you imagine if Yanni just came out and just like went heel? Yeah. If he went heel, just like shoved somebody right away. That would be the most 180 of all time. Yeah. Um, yes, it was. I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find one. No, I think I think you're spot on. It's DeSanto. It's Gable. Um, where we where do we stand on Suriano I as, as s- a villain in in the wider spectrum? Obviously, the Jersey folks love him. I, I, does he fall into like the Kobe realm? Where oh, <laughs> we got Kobe. Well, okay, because think about this. Kobe was there's this not even just Laker fans, just like Kobe fans that just like love Kobe and stand for Kobe. But then like the greater NBA basketball fan populace. Was like, dude, what, what, Kobe's a punk. What, what are you talking about? He's yeah. a ball hog. He gotcha. Yeah, I could see that. I can see him entering entering that zone, the Kobe zone, as we've called it for years. Uh, I don't agree with this one, but just from reaction on social media, from stuff we've posted, uh, a lot of people don't like Mark Hall. Yeah, which um, is crazy to me. Which it's really it, yes, he is. Like when he did this, yeah. For some reason, they that was like oh dear god, which was like one of the coolest. <laughs> that was one of the that coolest was like all time cool. It was it but was yeah, so cool. He, it was so cool yeah. and just like swagged out. But people lost their minds. And then uh, maybe it was when he did the hammer against. That Iowa. was cool. Those are like the he, two coolest his, things you could have done after winning. I, that. Hey, I know, and I'm not. I don't agree. But with you, you, I you think see it's all awesome. our mentions, right? I see all the mentions, everything. Uh, a lot of people are not fans of it. Um, but then again, Mark, we know Mark, and he's an awesome kid, and he's not. He's all class. Yes, his celebrations are so fun out there. It's yeah. fun, like his celebrations are so like. I don't know if basic's the right word, but they're just like simple, like 
cool, I won. Like, there, there's no, like, I don't know, gesticulating towards the guy or anything. Like, I don't – what? That's dumb. I mean, I believe you, uh, No, I mean, there, KB, that's just crazy. That, the people that are complaining about that, they're just get-off-my-lawn folks. I Nickel, mean, gets, it, sure, Nickel for, gets it a little too, doesn't he? Yes, especially yeah, after – Paul, that's Paul what we also do. did the uh, – Hall also ran off the mat like – Saquon Barkley. Oh, uh, that was really cool too. Cause yeah, that was like he's like three for three. Cause that was there in the middle. That was you know the first duel of the year, so it's kind of towards the end of football but season. You're, so, but it's, you're right. If you're saying villain, I mean, people will hate on him. People will hate on Bo. You know who else? I think well, might start developing a like. Not that he really deserves it, but he's a little bit emotional—not emotional, but demonstrative—is Jaden Ironman. He does some once in a while. He. Oh, another yeah, Iowa I could, one. I could see that. Uh, mm. I think it really started at NCAA's as if Sam Stoll gets back on the mat. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he threw his ankle bands at Jacob Casper. He, he like, pushed Desi earlier in the tournament, too, that everyone yeah. started booing him. It was, I don't know, it was kind of, he was just mad he lost and then showed it on the mat and people didn't like it. Hold on, getting yeah. back to Hall and, and Nickel for a second, how much of that is is – now I'm going to use another sport again, like Kobe Zone. How much this is the Ovechkin is, factor. No, this is the Yankees factor <laughs> mm-hmm. because I said the the night they went five for five, they officially became the Yankees where Kyle Dressling was like, nope, you either love them or you hate them. There's, it, no, there's no in between yeah, anymore. Yeah, it does not. If they wrestled for Lockhaven, you're right, it probably wouldn't be that. But it has to do with the single that they have on. And people still want wrestlers to be robots and not do anything. Want them to walk back to the middle, shake their hand. And get I their think hand I think the Yankee clause is a is a factor in it in that. Um, but take for example, Derek Jeter was like no one really ever hated Derek Jeter. I thought he was kind of overrated, but not to get into that. But like no one was like I don't like this guy, right? But I think, and that was maybe Zane, right? No, everyone who doesn't like Zane, he's just super nice guy. Never does anything after he wins, really, or loses. Not that he did that for like five years. Um, so I, I think he may, they may fall in that range, but I think it just accelerates it a little bit with Hall and Nickel that they're on that team, just like it was Metcalf with Iowa. Yeah. And any time you're the best team, it's it gets accelerated in that way. At least with Metcalf, like you could reference the 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 Caldwell shove. But they hated him before. I know. I'm just like, there was an instance where, like, he did something that was probably he shouldn't yes, have done. It, and and yeah, he knows no, that. No, Metcalf did, Metcalf did a lot of stuff. But I'm, that, was on a big, that was on a big stage. Uh, like, that was the biggest stage. That was my, that was my t- desktop background for years. Yeah, I, I know, but I know, but that Jerk, was Metcalf Metcalf No, I thought it was, I thought it was great. No, you didn't. That, that exacerbated. It doesn't matter that it was on the big stage. I mean, who cares? That exacerbated the the, the narrative of Metcalf. Yeah. That I mean, Metcalf was always edge of the mat push, head down, shove your face mush. Um, and I, I loved it. I mean, stop. Remember him, when stop, he remember when he beat the, Schlater at Big Ten? Oh he was, yeah. Flexing. Yeah. yeah. So then. Right, so then he does, he does what he did to Caldwell, which, honestly, I didn't have a real big problem. I with didn't it. either. <laughs> I, I didn't have a big problem. I mean, stop running around the mat like a goof. Uh, I didn't have a problem with it, but that's why. That's why anybody, nobody gave 
Metcalf the benefit of the doubt because for years he's been face bushing and mugging people, right? So that was Shutting not the people moment. out of bounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I think we're there. That was a great villain question. I really liked it. Um, one other question, and then maybe it's go time. It is 9.15 here in Austin, Texas. Someone said, thoughts on the interview with Bubba Jenkins where he calls out Kale Sanderson and Frank Molinaro. And so I saw this, and I was like, okay. I was like, this happened. I was like, this is literally seven years old. I was like, so I said, we're talking 2011. It was a couple days ago. Yeah, I don't but, know how you missed this. Well, I don't know. I don't have a Bubba Jenkins news alert um, Google set up. So, I, no, I, I didn't guess we see were it. talking about an offset to you. And, 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 yeah. and I don't go to Intermat much, so why would I see it? But he, he calls out uh, – I, I think it's time Bubba lets this go with with Kale and, and, and Frank Molinaro. He's talking about, you know, the guys he would want to fight. He wants to fight Kale. And he wants to fight <laughs> Bubba G. He's like, it might be hard because he's really good at wrestling, but I would like to show him what MMA is all about. And then he's like, but I've let that go. Clearly, you've let that go since you're talking about him right now in 2018 um <laughs> he said it yeah i would probably it would probably be frank since i don't have hold a grudge on over kale anymore i don't have a grudge to kale anymore you just I'm said a- one second ago you want to fight him like you you 100 hold a grudge i'm i'm surprised that he still feels that way i think it's i think it's time you let it go i mean listen i don't know the details how it went down with with bubba and kale or whatever but i don't I mean, I don't think he was vastly that that mistreated. I think I don't know. I don't know what to think of it, but it's probably time to move on, Bubba. Get- I don't know. I, I don't know either. But that that was my reaction. Is like, damn, Bubba, you still talking about this? We're, we're, we move on. They've won like nine titles since then, man. It's like, I, I you know, and I don't think Bubba's career has probably gone the way he thought it would in in MMA. Um, so maybe it's a little bit of just trying to stay in the news. But I think it's I think the best thing for him is to kind of move on about it. It's over. You won NCAAs. You pinned David Taylor. You had that moment. Um, I, I think it's time. Maybe we maybe we need to broker a, um, a sit-down between the two. Not that we could ever do that, but... Break bread. Break bread. Bring them together. Someone mm. should, someone should uh, mend so those So Frank, Frank and Bubba or Kale and Bubba? All of those. Everybody. All those three. Family-style dinner. Adam at Olive Garden. David Taylor should come too. David, yeah. David as well. Okay. Uh, anything else before we depart? We are eighteen over. Eighteen over, like I don't want to say. Caleb, f- feel free to play us out. We're ready to go. There, I hear the song. We're not gonna. We're not gonna say who was eighteen over. Um, but probably there's someone. But <laughs> like Willie before <laughs> District Eleven. <laughs> championships the night before yeah guys recruiting season is coming hot and heavy we're me and willie and probably holmes and probably all of us honestly are going to be continuing to get up stories and we have ncaa content coming hot down the barrel soon yeah what's everybody doing this weekend gnomesy you going down uh, on Street? i got uh i got my parents coming in soon oh yeah are y'all gonna play gun tag yes <laughs> a lot of gun tag your dad has to come on this show and Answer for your stories. Yes, okay. that's great. And you don't be want him. You yet. don't want him on this show, though. Remember when you said your your dad been wearing fanny packs first? 
That oh, was, yeah, that, very accurate. That was a great take as well. Christian, what are you doing this weekend? I actually don't know. I don't know. Kyle, any plans? None yet. You coming in? Yeah, just come. No. <laughs> I might I might go down Don Bashada, our buddy in Jersey. I might go down there, but not sure. Um, you so should. Really, other than that. Go fishing in the dark. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. We will be back next Tuesday. Come heck or high water. Thank you to ASICS for your support of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. See you next time.